This is the Cognitive History Podcast, where we explain historical events in order to understand their importance. The less heard of, the better. Without further ado, let's get into exploring the obscure. Kevin, and with me is my co-host, Logan. Hello. So, uh, Logan, how have you been in the week since we last recorded? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, working a lot. Uh, life. Sounds a little less fun than uh, last week. Oh, yeah. You're, you're still good, but I, I can hear you... Uh, you didn't you didn't sound as enthusiastic sounds like you're slipping back into the suffering of the working man uh, yeah well that happens when you go back to work after a week off it it drags yeah trust me i i know on uh the on the first of this month we went back to full manning from 50% manning so uh i understand oh, wow. the struggle yeah it, it it's it's better in ways, but like personally speaking, it's like, yeah, I much prefer having like half of the week off technically. Oh, for sure. But as far as like getting things done, it's way better now. Mm-hmm. But I haven't really been doing much personally. I've been starting to read about future topics I want to cover. Um, Good trying to get time to play a new game that i got but not finding the time to do so it's the struggle is real oh yeah i bet i finally finished assassin's creed valhalla while i was uh taking my week off interesting i've never really been much of a fan of the assassin's creed series but i like the playing with history yeah it it is fun mm-hmm. but no, i don't know i i've there never are, really uh, been oh go ahead there are sections in the game where it has you like transported to asgard or jotunheim and it puts you as odin into like norse mythology like Sorry. plays over going back to like odin sacrificing his eye to the well of mimir for his foresight and all that so it's like roughly getting away from the historical side of things now is what you're saying oh yeah a lot so, but i like their use of the mythology and it wasn't too inaccurate okay interesting i thought so definitely different for a video game like assassin's creed to go into mythology that heavily yeah I've been uh, trying to play Tales of Arise, which just came out uh, Mm a little over a week ago. 
but like I said, I just haven't found the time to play it. The, the, the 40 minutes of it that I've gotten have been pretty nice, but you know, you can't judge an RPG by the first 40 minutes. Oh no, not at all. Don't you just hate being a grown up and not having time for games? Uh, yeah, can we go back to being a teenager when I can just shirk off all of my homework and play games as much as I want? And your hair was down to your neck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ev- everyone that I showed that picture, like, because I still have my driver's license from before I joined the military. So, oh, really? Yeah, so anytime that picture gets shown, they're like, you're so skinny. And it's like, yeah, I was pescatarian. <laughs> I couldn't eat meat. And they're like, your hair was so long. Were you doing drugs? I'm like, no, no. I All wasn't. my friends were, but I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was so straight edge, says the person who was smoking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, memories. Yeah. But anyway, once again, welcome to... Um, Later in the uh, podcast, past uh, episode six, where we just just talk for the yeah. entire time. This is all we're yeah. going to do. We're just going to be talking about our own lives for pretty much an hour and a half. Might go into some geography, you know. God, not I'll again. <sighs> not again. No, we do have we do have some stuff we want to talk about specifically that. Yes. Hopefully you'll find interesting. And it's somewhat related to the last topic that we covered, Christianity in Japan. Yeah, um, so it's uh it's adjacent. Yes, yes. Topic adjacent. But I think it'll add a little bit of context to the first two episodes of that topic. So before we really get into it, though, um, it's just six minutes in, he says. Um, (laughs) It's a discussion episode, so we're not doing anything strictly formatted. So if it gets a little weird with like, oh, why are they jumping to this? It's it's a discussion episode. Yes. We're just having fun with it. Yeah. Uh, we do these to give ourselves a little bit of a break from research even though we do have to do a bit of research for this it's because it's not because it's not as strict we uh we don't have to be as stringent with our research no no and as always if we get anything wrong please let us know we will correct it yep email plug at the end of the episode yes But so that all being said, that took a full minute. Um, I, <laughs> a little further welcome, ado. Welcome to episode nine where Kevin points out all the timestamps. <laughs> <laughs> We're now at seven and a half minutes in. Yep. Uh, so Logan. Job. <laughs> God, no, no, it's my job. I'm the host. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Logan, go ahead and introduce the main thing that we have to talk about today all right so today we're going to be doing a little bit of coverage on the foundations of the franciscan and jesuit orders so 
Kevin, what do you know about St. Francis of Assisi? Uh, I know he is the favorite saint of a lot of people and that he invented the um, God, God, the cradle. Yeah. The cradle. I can't, I can't remember the word. He, he invented a thing for babies. Oh, God, really? I sound really dumb right now. <laughs> Dude, I, I didn't know this. Go on. Um, the crib. Uh, essentially the the little bed for kids with the parabolic feet wow really that 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 rocks yeah no he invented that oh that's cool all for like yeah all for a manger scene he invented it (laughs) oh wow I, i for the life of me i cannot remember where that came from it'll probably come to me way later like um call back to last week's episode um when i was trying to remember the name of a figure for on miodo and i couldn't it was ave no seme <laughs> yeah so like i always remember stuff at weird times it was just like on my walk home i remembered this today oh that's crazy but um at any rate yeah i know Fr- saint francis of assisi invented um the god i I'm, I'm not going to remember the term but the little yeah yeah it's a cradle okay i'm like 90 percent sure i need to look this up now get ready for keyboard clacking clickety click click <laughs> yeah it, it's it's a it's a cradle or a rocker he invented that he invented the rocking cradle yes wild and they call them the dark ages (laughs) but but yeah yeah no but other than him inventing weird things weirdly um i know he's like a lot of people's favorite saint and i have one quote from him that i know and it's uh at all times i will preach the gospel when necessary i will use words but that's getting into theological stuff we're not going to do that I love that quote. But anyway, yeah, um, Francis was, he felt tasked by God to rebuild the church at the time. And what that meant, who knows, really? A lot of people thought it meant that he needed to reinvigorate the church, that he needed to actually physically rebuild church buildings. Hmm. It's a conversation with God. It's up for, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, interpretation. I think you have a lot of Protestants also that say things like that. Mm-hmm. Like like the Wesleyans from um that that branch of Protestantism was founded in the state of Georgia. Um they wanted to go back to Jesus's original message. Which they didn't, but yeah, but well, that, that's let's not alienate our Wesleyan listeners. Um, oh come on, let me give no. the Dutch a little break. <laughs> not, a new week, new hate focus. <laughs> I grew up watching South Park. Come on, I gotta insult everybody. So did I, and you don't see me insulting. You don't alienate listeners. <laughs> 
No, no hate to Wesleyans. No hate to any of my Protestant brothers. And definitely no hate to the Dutch. No, no, I love the Dutch. Especially, we have more Dutch listeners now, so. Oh, welcome. Welcome. I hope you enjoy my sense of humor, and don't ever take anything I say to be an attack on the Dutch. Except for when he says, "This this is an attack on the Dutch. Yes, if I'm being literal, yeah. But, you know, I'm not Germany. Oh, this gets worse. Oh my god. I'm digging a (laughs) hole. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So anyway. Anyway, Back back to Francis. Yeah. Uh, He began preaching around 1207, if that gives you any indication of how long ago this was. Yeah, it's... um... It, it's a while. That's that's a long time ago. Yeah. 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 It's amazing how much we know about him from back then. Well, especially considering the lives of people wouldn't have been like recorded conventionally at that time. No, not at all. And in twelve oh nine he uh received approval from Pope Innocent the Third to form a new religious order. Wow. Based on his preaching. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, I mean, even other saints from around this time don't have uh, well-recorded lives. No, a lot of them are even debated among about being, like, actual people that lived or mythological beings that have been interpreted to become saints. Interesting. St. Christopher, for example, is... I mean, you can have the argument that he's a real person because he's recognized as a saint, but there's no historical information easily available to confirm that he ever lived. Interesting. And uh, as most holy orders go, he builds it based on a rule. And his rule was... Approved by the Pope, it did not allow ownership of property. It required members of the order to beg for food while preaching. The austerity was meant to emulate the life of Christ. So they would travel and preach in the streets and sleep at churches. Interesting. Um, To draw a parallel with Japan, um, Japanese monks actually have to do similar things. Really? They actually have, yeah, they actually have to go out into the community and basically ask for alms, mm. either in the form of like food or actual monetary value. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it's not just uh, very devout Christians that do things like this. Yeah, no, I mean that still occurs in that still occurs in Christian or in um, Japanese um, Buddhism today. Mm. So if you're wondering where the nuns come in, St. Clair founded the Poor Clares, the Order of St. Clair, the Poor Nuns, whatever you want to call them. They have a bunch of names in 1212 under the same rule of St. Francis, Hmm. which was the rule of St. Francis then because he wasn't a saint yet, but... So only three years after the founding of his order, you have this other portion of the order. Yeah, pretty much. 
Hmm. And he chose the basic peasant garb of the time as their monastic uniform. Interesting. So, yeah, it kind of so like... So oh, they're holy figures in uh, plain clothes. Yes. No hmm. white collars or anything like that. Just they still wear a similar form of it today. If you look up pictures of Franciscans. Well, let's do that. That's my cue. Yes. Franciscan monks robes. Oh, okay, so that's where we get the stereotypical image of the monk. Yeah, the brown friar. Interesting. The Franciscans are usually what people are thinking about when they think of Christian monks. There's also Dominican monks based on the rule of St. Dominic. Same kind of vibe as far as the structure of the organization. But they live by different creeds. Mm. yeah i'm yeah i would say like a dominican monk would have more of like a. am I'm, I'm part of me is saying this because i played dungeons and dragons today but it kind of has <laughs> like a D cleric vibe going to it yeah and then benedictine is a. Uh, Definitely where they got um, the robes for the uh, septums in uh, Game of Thrones from. Oh, yeah, for sure. hundred percent. And keep in mind that in the 1200s, that's basically what the average peasant would be wearing. Interesting. Yeah, I got the little belt rope going on. Mm-hmm. And every aspect of what they wear today has a spiritual meaning to it. The rope, I don't remember what it was, but it signifies something. I'm religion. I'm holding my tongue from making a very controversial joke. Oh, come on. I've already is, made the is, Germans, the Dutch, and the is Protestants it for, mad. Is it for the BDSM portion of Catholicism? <laughs> That's where the guilt comes from. <laughs> Only if it's consensual. Only. And between a man and a woman. Oh, God. Well, yeah, it is part of the Catholic Church, so it has to only be between a man and a woman. But anyway, this is not a BDSM podcast. God, I no, really hope there aren't BDSM podcasts. That would be weird. And um, if you're thinking... So... You've mentioned the Dominican monks and the Franciscans, but I've heard of Capuchins and others, right? Well, Capuchins are Franciscan. Those are they uh they have the uh reverse bowl cut. I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's that's where Capuchin monk uh monkeys get their mm -hmm. name from. Yeah, it was the um monks then the monkeys. And the Franciscan order fractured multiple times during Francis's life over arguments over the rule of Francis and debates about living life like Jesus would have. 
what being poor like that required, what that kind of sacrifice demanded of how they live their daily life. Interesting, because usually you don't have schisms until after the founder dies. No, you had... I want to say... Nearly 10 fractures during his life, and that's not counting the sisters that came in. God, that's a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. There's, I think... I think over 80 different versions of Franciscan life today. God, so... That's a lot. Mm -hmm. So from 1209 which is when they founded the order yes until his death and you had like 12 or you said like 10 10 or 12 somewhere in there god that's not that long that's only that's 17 years and you have that many no and this is all before the protestant reformation too So, like, up until this point in the Catholic Church, you've had the split between the Eastern and Western rites. So you have the Eastern Orthodox Church and the Roman Catholic Church that split off in the, what was it, 11th, 10th or 11th century? uh, Let's see. now there are all these different versions of Franciscan. Greek Orthodox Church. Does it say when it was founded? Nope, I'm not seeing a founding date. Uh, Things to look up later. Mm. Huh. God, that's... Yeah, it's a lot of splits in a short time. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're all under, like, basically three different variants of the First Order Franciscans. First Order being monastic. The Capuchins, the Observants, which are the Order of Friars Minor, and the Conventional, or the Conventual Order of Friars Minor, also called the Minorities. Okay, so... You have the Order of Friars Minor, and then you've got the Conventional Order of Friars Minor. Conventual. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I misspoke in conventional. It's conventual. It's, no, uh, and yeah. I'm I'm reading it off, too, so it's like, mm-hmm. you just, you want to say conventional. You do, because that's what it... Well, and especially when we're talking about a religious order, like, mm-hmm. but... Yeah, no, I'm I'm seeing that first order, second order, third order. Mm-hmm. And the, the second order is where the uh, the women come in. Yes, the second order is the nuns and sisters. The third order, I think, is the most interesting. It's the secular Franciscan order. Secular. Yes. Originally known as the Brothers and Sisters of Penance, or Third Order of Penance, they try to live the ideals of the movement in daily lives outside of religious institutions. So they're secular lay people that are members of the Franciscan Order who live normal lives, have jobs, and all of that, 
but try to live as penance the rule of Francis. That's really confusing. I I would say counterintuitive in a way, but like also at the same time not, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're part of this religious order, but we're not. It's not really an order, but it is. But it isn't. We're Franciscans, but we're not monks. Yes, it's it's odd. So so okay, because this is an audio medium, and like I I keep doing this because we have video, um, but so like I keep reacting to things (laughs) that Logan is saying, and like thinking like, oh yeah, they'll be able to see it, but you can't. So like I'm. No, there's a lot of confused hand motions from me with all of this right now. <laughs> See, this so, is it's why I wanted to do the Franciscans first, because they're probably the most confusing to someone that doesn't have a history of being around monks or talking to a Franciscan. You don't say. And you thought the Trinity was bad. No, we're not discussing that. <laughs> we discussed that we weren't discussing that <laughs> but anyway of the trinity of different variants of franciscan there was a fracture within the secular order now there is also the third order regular who live in religious communities under the traditional vows of the franciscans that used to be secular franciscans Why? <laughs> Join a different order. Why? Yeah. It's, it's okay. Hey, what if we made this secular order more religious? Don't we got two other orders for that? Yeah, I don't, but what I if don't, we made this secular version more religious? I don't completely understand why they don't become the first order when they decide to join the religious communities, but it may have something to do with not going to seminary is my guess. Because to join the first order, you have to have been a seminarian and gone through like the deaconate and decided against becoming a traditional priest and joining a holy order like this it just seems really odd to me in like a weird way yeah yeah it's like when you come right down to it can you explain to me the difference between a monk and a priest absolutely not because priests take these vows of chastity and poverty and whatnot depending on the priesthood and both can perform the mass. So so they're the same thing. But they're not. But they are. But they're not. Oh my god, don't you don't you this do is this. A, this? I this swear is to god. This is a very common thing in Christian theology. They're the same but not. I will spend a thousand dollars on a plane ticket to come over there and slap you right now. <laughs> It's going to take me like 18 hours, but I'll do it. 
All right. Well, are you interested in some numbers? Oh no. Uh, for the sake of the pod, I am. At the last recorded amounts that I could find, not that I looked very hard, but just being honest here, <laughs> the Order of Friars Minor had 2,212 communities, 14,123 members, and 9,735 priests. Okay, Which adds more that's... confusion to the priest versus monk thing. I know. I know. I don't know. I... Uh... That's that's I'm those not, are some impressive numbers though. They are. They are. And I'm not super well learned on you know that side of Catholicism yet. I'm still in RCIA. Keep What's RCIA? Mind. said the audience collectively. And to the audience I say collectively, RCIA is the right of Christian initiation. After the Second Vatican Council, you stopped when you became a Catholic. You stop going through a priest and having the priest, you know, teach you about the faith and do it the traditional way. Instead, you now have lay people within the congregation that hold classes once or twice a year, depending on the church, where you gather a couple of people who are interested in becoming Catholic and teach them about the faith. You teach them about the sacraments and whatnot. So now we have non-priests priests yeah yeah there's a uh, big issue right now between traditionalist catholics who like the traditional latin mass and think that you should only go through a priest to become a catholic that that's the way it was always done that's the way it should still be done and then you have the more common catholics who are just like go whatever way you want Basically saying, you know, like the main thing is, are you becoming Catholic or not? Nah? Does it matter how you come in as long as it's by the will of God? I'm going to need a sheet of paper, a pen, <laughs> a hammer, and a nail. <laughs> We're pulling a Martin Luther again. Oh, Lord. Not again. No, we're doing it again. Oh, Francis was scared the traditionalists would cause a new schism, but I think I just did it. I'm not even Catholic, and I'm going to do this for you. <laughs> okay, well, I have some more numbers if you want to get back to that. Uh, yeah, let's go with that. Okay, so the Franciscan Order of Friars Minor Conventual has 667 communities. 4,289 members and 2,921 priests. Can we do away with one of those communities? I knew you were going to say that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Don't, don't, don't worry. My, my wife is uh, very tired of this joke. I want to know how fast that seventh was brought in. Oh, uh, I'm assuming like, did they, very. Did they get to 666 and then the Pope's just like, no, start to. We're splitting this new one up. No, no, no. They got to 665, and then a new one submitted their paperwork, <laughs> and the Pope's just like, congratulations, you are two communities. <laughs> they didn't know they were going to be number 666, 
And then the Pope's just like, you're two. Two were born at the same time. Neither of you can say you are the sixth. You are both the seventh. Uh, and the church bought new land. I can't wait, honestly, until they get to 777, because that's going to be funny, too. No, they have to stop there. <laughs> All right, so uh, how about the Capuchins? Are you curious how many of them there are? Tell me about monkeys. <laughs> the monk monkeys. There yes. are 1,633 communities, 10,786 members, and 7,057 priests. Pretty big numbers. What's surprising is they're not that far off from the Order of Friars numbers, despite the fact that they have a lot less communities. Mm hmm. Yeah, they're about, what, 4,000 different? Um, yeah, 4,000 for total members, but only mm -hmm. like 2,000 short for priests. Yeah. And all this with like roughly 600 less communities. But I think the Capuchins have a lot more awareness than just the Friars Minor within secular culture. I mean, we've both heard of well, the Capuchin monks. Well, uh, also monkeys. Yeah, and that probably didn't hurt. Yeah. So um, going back to the Third Order regulars, which if you remember our confusion just a moment ago, here they're we go. the um, secular Franciscans that became... They're the not real seculars. Yes. There are 176 communities of them, 870 members, and 576 priests. That, 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 that word, considering what they're from, bothers me. Yeah. Because I, I don't need to say again, it's like, yeah, let's make this secular thing more religious. <laughs> it's definitely interesting so that's that's all i got on franciscans well, i mean give me one second i want to find something you've been hearing my keyboard click a bit um uh so as far as capuchin monkeys go though <laughs> um you of all people should have known i was going to do this i don't know why i didn't <laughs> um apparently they're critically endangered and there are only 180 mature individuals left so there are more capuchin monks than capuchin monkeys we need to switch those numbers turn them around or just donate some of the capuchin monks to become capuchin monkeys. Look, at, at their heart, all species involved are from the primate family. But, but, one is a monkey. It's With a funny an, hairdo. It's an iconic monkey. <laughs> it's important. We need more monkeys we do this is a weird episode it it really is <laughs> i didn't think i'd spend 35 minutes and 47 seconds talking about monkeys mm. 
we haven't been talking about monkeys the whole time. <laughs> God, it, it hasn't been the whole time. It's just just me making jokes every now and then, and then this this segue. I love how we're I, so scared of me like isolating Protestants and here I am making fun the of the Catholic Church. There you go. Okay, the, okay. The okay. Christian denomination with the most members in the world. Okay, okay. Anyone who is Catholic, I'm sorry. It's uh, it's it's my turn to go in free speech jail. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I keep saying not to offend or alienate people. My bad. That doesn't sound sincere at all. No, it um, doesn't. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry He's for making Buddhist. you have to forgive him. I'm I'm sorry for making a somewhat inflammatory comments. Bless him, I'm Father, for he knows not what he does. I, I'm I'm don't you put that on me. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see it, but I just did the sign of the cross just to, you know, clear the air. But okay, so I'm fine with there being uh, how many did we say? Uh, 10,786 Capu Capuchin order monks. Members. Uh, yeah. that Whatever those numbers actually mean. Yeah. Yeah. But what I'm not okay with is that number being higher than the natural population of the Capuchin monkey. I think what he's saying here is that all of these Capuchin monks should probably... Um, do a little bit of outreach to the cabbage and monkey community. Donate and, to the WWF. Or a Catholic version of that. Either way. If you're, if there are any Catholic environmentalist charities and you're listening and you're in the Capuchin community, donate to save your monkey brethren. And if there aren't any, um, Sure, St. Francis, or uh, no, not St. Francis, Pope Francis. <laughs> Two very different people. Very different, but that is the Francis that he took the name from. Yeah. I'm sure that he's going to start an environmental organization within the church at some point. He's kind of big on climate change. It's he's kind of big on a lot of stuff that most people in the church aren't. Hmm. But yeah, I shouldn't um, even say most. I don't. I don't know the hearts of people, but you know. Well, generally, anyway, Catholics are a little bit more conservative. Anyway, save the Capuchin monkeys. Save the monkeys. And now that we've spent like five minutes on a monkey yeah. segue, and um, using the Pope as a little bit more of a segue, um, he took his name from Francis, right, for rebuilding the church. He's not a Franciscan. He was a Jesuit. Mic drop for the segue. Boom. So Jesuits started out as an insult to Jesuits because their real name is, and Kevin, I know you're dying to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. So the Jesuits are officially speaking the Society of Jesus. And it was seen as a little bit insulting and... uh heretical to call your order by the name of jesus 
Because normally, I mean, like you have, as I said before, the Dominicans based on St. Dominic, the Franciscans based on St. Francis, and then you just bring Jesus' name straight into it. It kind of sounds like you're arrogant. Do you think any of them ever went to war? The Jesuits? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good, because I have a very um, stupid joke to make right now. So, uh, officially speaking, their Latin name is Societas Iesu, abbreviated as SJ. So if any of them went to war, they were officially warriors, which makes them SJWs. (laughs) (laughs) I have never been happier to make such a stupid joke. So the Jesuits consider themselves the soldiers of God, the Marines of God, right? That's, that makes that's that joke actually, even better. That, yeah. So to make it even more better, St. Ignatius, the founder of the Jesuits, or the Society of Jesus, if you don't like calling them Jesuits, but they've kind of taken that word back. Yeah, someone in history was capable of taking that word back. Nice. Yeah, there you go. Um, Ignatius fought in the Spanish army. Interesting. Which is where a lot of the structure of the Jesuits comes from, is his time of military service. Hmm. He was born in 1491. So a year later, you know, Columbus. Oh, yeah, um, that's a topic to talk about later. Columbus, I cannot wait to stir that pot. <laughs> I will stir that pot as much as I want. So we said, right, that the Franciscans were 1209? Yes. The Jesuits so that puts them are, yeah. Over 300 years later? Yeah, because the Jesuits are considered to have been approved in 1540. Yeah, that's right. I remember um, in the first episode of uh, Christianity in Japan, um, you mentioned that they had only been founded uh, a few years before they ventured to Japan. Yeah, they got started on their whole ordeal very fast. Hmm. In uh, 1534, Ignatius and six other men, including Francis Xavier, who we talked about, gathered and they professed vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. Obedience to the Pope in matters of mission direction and assignment. And yeah, Pope Paul III approved them in 1540. They kind of go away from that whole thing with just obeying the Pope though. Just a bit. Yeah. Just a bit. Yeah. Just a little. But now one of them is the Pope, so oh, so we've gone full circle here. Yeah. So the first six, I have their names. Oh, go ahead. Francis Xavier. Say them with accents. Alfonso Salmeron, Diego Lanez, Lanez. I, I I don't I don't that, that's a that's one I'm not sure about. 
Sorry, Spanish speakers. Nicolas Bobadilla. Peter Faber. And Simao Rodriguez from Portugal. Hmm. So they're all Spanish, right? Um, yeah. But what they were was, founded. Well, what is now modern Spain? Because Xavier was from Navarre. Okay, so they're all Iberian. Yes, and uh, Bobadilla was from Castile. Hmm. Peter but, Faber was from Savoy. But the order was founded in France. Yep. Yep. So so we've got an order founded by Iberians in France that becomes the arms of the Spanish and Portuguese empires. Mm-hmm. Interesting. A little, yeah. a little, a little mishmash there. Very much so. And uh, as I said before, you know, the medieval era they named religious orders based on particular people: Francis of Assisi, Domingo de Guzman, later canonized to Saint Dominic, Dominicans, and Augustine of Hippo, the Augustinian tradition. So when they appropriated the name of Jesus for their order, they got a lot of resentment for it. They were considered presumptuous and arrogant, heretical, blasphemous. I can kind of see why if the rest of your or or if the rest of the orders being founded at the time are all being named after saints or priests. Mm -hmm then yeah it seems a little kind of seems a little pretentious to uh it was like oh oh y'all are named or named after that saint francis guy we got jesus yeah yeah it's like they're trying to step over everybody's head yeah but i wanted to read this quote from a historian i don't know which one but it's a quote the use of the name Jesus gave great offense both on the continent and in England, and it was denounced as blasphemous. Petitions were sent to kings and to civil and ecclesiastical tribunals to have it changed, and even Pope Sixtus V had signed a brief to do away with it. But nothing came of the opposition. There were already congregations named after the Trinity and as God's daughters. Hmm. Interesting. So, the Jesuits at one point actually united Europe against them. Well, in this time, it's much easier to unite Europe against someone than um, unite them together. Very much so. I mean, how um, much of uh, European history is... Yeah, um... The British hated the French. The French hated the British. Anyone on the Iberian Peninsula hated everyone on the Iberian Peninsula. Yeah. And um, 
This would have been in the 1540s, right? Who's king of England yeah. right now? Can't remember off the top of my head. Let me let me do a little bit of clickety clack myself. Well, no, hang on. They can hear it if I do it. Uh, they're instead they get to hear my phone drop on the floor. Ooh. Okay, so you know about the Anglican Church. Yeah. You know who founded it? Uh, someone who really liked getting a new wife. Yeah, very much so. He, yeah. uh, I think it's, he liked beheading them more than getting new ones. Uh, he only beheaded two of them, if memory serves. Uh, Anne Boleyn and Catherine Howard. Divorced, executed, died. Divorced, executed, survived. Yes. So, he only executed two of them. But it's the first one that matters in this discussion. Yes. And the second, kind of. So, Catherine of Aragon was the first wife of Henry VIII, who he thought he had committed sin with because she was initially supposed to be married to his brother, who was supposed to have been king of England, but he died. So he thought that God was punishing him by not giving him a son through Catherine of Aragon. He had a lot of right. Catherines. So he, he sought a divorce from the Pope, saying that the marriage wasn't real because she was married to his brother first and she'd been with his brother, which hadn't happened. And the Pope said, nah. So what does Henry do? The only logical thing. Screw this church, I'm making my own. Yes. And then he went on an execution spree across England, taking over all the priest population, either making them submit to him as the Holy See. He became the Pope of the Church of England. Or they died. He caused a lot of problems later on down the road with making his own church. All the monasteries became property of the King of England. It, it, there's a lot. So... With that in mind, when you go back and look that Henry was king of England from 1509 until his death in 1547, it wasn't yeah. Catholics in England that had a problem with the Jesuits. It was England who had a problem with the Jesuits. Yes. And after all of that with the Pope, they still wanted him to do something about it? Hmm. That's that's interesting to me. Yeah. Sorry, long period of silence there. <laughs> so, um, back to the Jesuits. Hang on a second. Okay. I don't want to cough in my mic. So. Yeah. The formula of the Institute of the Society reads, Whoever desires to serve as a soldier of God beneath the banner of the cross in our society, which we desire to be designated by the name of Jesus and to serve the Lord alone and the church, his spouse, 
under the Roman pontiff, the vicar of Christ on earth, should, after a solemn vow of perpetual chastity, poverty, and obedience, keep what follows in mind. He is a member of a society founded chiefly for the purpose to strive, especially for the defense and propagation of the faith, and for the progress of souls in Christian life and doctrine, by means of public preaching, lectures, and any other ministration whatsoever of the word of God, and further by means of retreats, the education of children, and unlettered persons in Christianity, and the spiritual consolation of Christ's faithful through hearing confessions and administering the, the other sacraments. Moreover, he should show himself ready to reconcile the estranged, compassionately assist and serve those who are in prisons or hospitals, and indeed, to perform any other works of charity according to what will seem expedient for the glory of God and the common good. So that was really long. Yeah, but I felt like it needed to be read because that's the Jesuit call. At one point, it sounded like you went to 1.5 times speed there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, but I'm not used to just going straight off. Yeah, no, it, it's it's fine. But um, but that's, yeah, it's, that's so funny because like, you'll aid in the call of charity, but then you know, hey, we're gonna be the first leg in the Spanish Empire invading your country. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Everything I do do I do I need to reference the um god what was the shipwreck the San oh, Felipe yeah so do I need to reference that again I mean, that 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 dude wasn't saying that for no reason well he was mad yeah but he wasn't saying it for no reason like obviously that it all happened before yeah apparently yeah, it's ah oh, fun. I I love historical irony. Mm-hmm. It's even better when it's in your vows. But the vows sound really good, don't they? I mean, even if you don't agree with the God part of it, the charity, the yeah, they they sound really good until you get into historically some of the things that have happened because of the Jesuits. Mm-hmm. So now you see why there are so many conflicting views on the Jesuits within our societies. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see it. Because, I mean, I mean, for one, like, and this isn't, I'm not trying to get religious with this. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm not Christian, but um, <laughs> it's because you're, you're supposed to be loyal to the Pope mm -hmm. as part of being catholic right you're supposed to obey what the pope says well in certain regards yeah but he has limited infallibility you're not supposed to like i i'm, I'm trying i'm struggling for how to say this you're part of a religious order mm -hmm. you should be God, okay, I'm really struggling for how to say this. So, you're fighting for, because, and I know it's different because at this point in time, the Vatican isn't a country in and of its own. 
it's still part of Rome, if mm-hmm. I'm correct. No, the Vatican didn't become its own country until, I think, the 1900s. Okay, so it's a bit different because, yeah, at this point, the Vatican is not yet a country, but mm-hmm. still, I feel like it's a it, bit it's, um, two-faced. It's part of the city-state of Rome. Yeah, but so so I feel it's a bit two-faced to be like, yeah, you know, we're gonna we're gonna help people out, um, but at the same time, we're literally going to go in with the Spanish army and be the first leg of their invasion to take over other lands. So it, what do you know about the Holy Roman empire? That it's not Roman. Right. It's, it's German. It's basically the original version of the European union. Yeah. And the Holy Roman emperor was decreed by the Pope. Yeah. They weren't always German. They weren't always French, Spanish, whatever. Well, I mean, historically speaking, what we know as the Holy Roman Empire was German. Right. Henry VIII's first wife, Catherine of Aragon, her nephew around this time maybe not particularly in the 1540s, but around this big time was made the Holy Roman Emperor, which aligned Spain with the Vatican and Rome more closely. Right, right, okay, okay. I was, missing that, con- I was missing that context a bit. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, still, that's... That still didn't stop spanish holy roman emperors from invading the vatican fun that also still happened Uh... there were were a couple holy roman emperors that invaded the vatican leaving the pope homeless killing cardinals you want to talk about counterintuitive yeah yeah Rome saw it as trying to keep Europe in line under one banner and the people they were putting in charge saw it as a power grab. Yeah, because if you control the area around, then you can control who the next pope is. Mm -hmm. Probably. And that happened too. Yep. At multiple points throughout history, the people in charge decided who the pope was. It's not like this whole, um, not to uh, immediately get myself permanently banned from China, but it's not the first time something like that's happened in history either, where they deem their own Dalai Lama. Mm. Well, I mean, you saw that happen with um, the two popes. Mm -hmm. That's that's why we have the Greek Orthodox Church. Yes, the Pope Uh, and the anti-Pope. Uh, the the original pope got kidnapped. Well, okay, well he, he might he might be dead. Um, mm-hmm. Let's make a new pope. Meanwhile, pope number one, you guys did what now? And at the uh, same time, you had a bunch of people claiming to be pope without ever being elected. 
this was the start of the split that led to Protestantism. Sometimes history just gets stupid in parts. Mm-hmm. Like, like, obviously, don't get me wrong. I, I love history, but sometimes it just gets stupid. At least as far as, like, what people do in it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But it's, like, we just went on this super long tangent based around the founding of the Jesuits and what else is happening in Europe at the time. That's how deep this history goes. Yeah. Like, all of this going on with the Holy Roman Emperor being named by the Pope and all that happening in Rome had that serious of an effect when they went to bring Christianity to Japan. Well, and not even just Japan, but... um, Because the Franciscans... Not Franciscans. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Although, well, no, we can we can make that a bit of a so. Franciscans don't really do much in the way of um, missionary work. Not anymore. Not well, I like, mean, not like they did in the beginning. Well, I mean, even even at the time that we're talking about now, like the fifteen hundreds, mm-hmm. they're notice that when we were in and talking about the history of Christianity in Japan, it was more so like the history of the Jesuits. I know he said it was like the history of the Catholics, but it, the big movers and shakers were from, from the Jesuit order. Francis Xavier, the people he brought over. Yeah. And I mean, they, they were so good at missionary work that they took over a city in India as Mm -hmm. their um, base of operations. Yeah. Yeah. And they were so effective at first in Japan that they were given Nagasaki. Yeah. So it should be pointed out as well, though, that even though these are both mendicant orders within the Catholic Church, meaning they took vows of poverty and chastity and whatnot, Franciscans have more of a focus on the friary. Jesuits more or less are all priests okay so you have diocesan priests which are over a particular church you have bishops that are jesuit you don't really have jesuit monks right so basically the jesuits since they're mostly priests they can all go out and actually be the ones who are converting people Right, because they're closer to the people. They don't live in friaries. They don't... Okay, so so they're not cloistering themselves, essentially, right. is why right. they are so much better at missionary work. Their whole mission was being missionary. They're the soldiers of God. They'll go to places that Franciscans won't. Makes sense. And uh, so another thing I found interesting about them is the Jesuits overcame the movement towards Protestantism in Polish Lithuania oh. and in southern Germany. 
do go on. Yeah, so um, they weren't initially formed to prevent the spread of Protestantism, but in those two places in particular, they were fairly effective in defeating the arguments of Martin Luther. Interesting. So, um, interesting point there. So we literally have the Jesuit order preventing the spread of Protestantism in Poland Mm -hmm. as to why Poland like stymied off the spread of communism Mm -hmm. because so so Poland being very much Catholic and Pope John Paul II being a very popular Pope Yes, um, Pope Saint John Paul II. Oh, I didn't know that he had become a saint. He has been sanctified. Oh, good for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, him reaching out to the people is one of the things that led to communism not being a thing in Poland. Wow. We that would be something to cover in the future. We can definitely do a rise and fall of the Soviet union and communism off into the future. I would definitely enjoy that because that's probably an area that I don't know that much about. I did a bit of studying of it in my European history course. So Mm. I can talk a bit about it, but I would need to do a lot more research. Yeah, my knowledge pretty much stays Western Europe. Uh, yeah, well, and plus it's it's the Cold War. There is a lot of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. Like the early 1500s, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, to finish off this Jesuit thing, my last note is, are you curious what the term Jesuit means? Well, you got, I wanted to quote from Django Unchained, but I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember the quote. That would have been a good spot. Hang on, hang on. I, I, I need to do this. Yeah, I know I said that. um... At first you had my curiosity. But now you have my attention, James. There we go. That's it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fits so well. So, yeah, I know I said that. um, It wasn't a nice name to call a member of the Society of Jesus. But what it actually means the term Jesuit, one who used too frequently or appropriated the name of Jesus. So, Jesuit means ye old Bible thumper? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's great. I thought you'd like that. Yeah. 
So that that's all I got. So hey, Bible thumpers, you can you can take the term back. Yeah. I I don't think they can take that one back. No, no, not really. Not in the day of the internet. So, uh, one thing I found interesting in the very little research I did for today's topic is, um, and not to get into theological debate at all, is okay. um, so. Back. So on the. Um, my research is from the Wikipedia articles. Yes, I know. Blah, blah, blah. It's good for research. They have references on the page. It's curated. Okay, we're, we're done with that argument. Yeah. Um, it, it's allowed in college now. Yeah. Um, they're... <laughs> one of their controversies for their controversy section is their theological debates. It's mm-hmm. like, it's funny cause I made the SJW joke earlier, but, um, based on what Turns it says under it's not that much of a joke. Yeah, no. Cause like, uh, the Catholic church hates abortion. It hates birth control, hates women, deacons and homosexuality. And um, I don't know what liberation theology is, but that's listed. Um, hate is a strong word on some of these and one I wouldn't well, necessarily well, agree with using but the context the Catholic Church does not like condone, them does not condone okay it's keep okay. my head clean a little it, bit man. It, it's well that would be the more politically correct way of saying it well, speaking of social justice warriors. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, apparently I haven't read all of the references here, although I am definitely going to because there's a lot of references. The one for birth control has four different reference sources. Wow. I wonder yeah. if one of them is Francis. Um, no, because they have to reference like academic articles and stuff for the most part. Mm. Um, because I know but, Francis has supposedly been, and I use air quotes here, misquoted a number of times on his views on homosexuality and abortion and birth control. Interesting. Um, one of these references goes all the way back to 1968. Oh wow! That's just for birth control. Um. Okay, I, I gotta do some clickety clack on that one. Make it loud. I have a Mac. Make it loud. He moved his mic just for that little bit. Okay, I'm back. Was that loud enough? Uh, you can just hear it. Okay. So John the 23rd held the Second Vatican Council starting on October 11th, 1962. Okay. I bring that up because the Jesuits were heavily involved in the Second Vatican Council and the changes from it. Like the removal of Latin for the necessity of mass and 
RCIA becoming a thing. Not all the changes are always seen as bad, but the Jesuits were heavily involved in the, again, air quotes, modernization of the Second Vatican Council. So basically, the Jesuit order kind of wants the Catholic Church to be brought back up to modern speed, essentially. Kind of, yeah. As far as progressivism in organizations goes, the Catholic Church is a bit back from some things. Yes, and I think more so it's more and more over the last 60, 70 years, the Catholic Church has ended up on the opposing side to modernism. And that draws a bad light from a lot of people. A lot of people have left the church because of it. And the Jesuits are more devoted, I think, than most religious orders in finding a solution to this problem. Makes sense. But, um... Also, another interesting point, um, one that's not so controversial. Um, the, or well, I guess it's. Um, I wouldn't say not so controversial, but um, it's not so um, happy, um, <laughs> or it's bad with a good silver lining. We can say um, so. Okay. The Catholic Church pays or faced a persecution from the Nazis mm-hmm. going full circle. Cause we talked about the Nazis in our first episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, which is weird. Cause Hitler was like weirdly religious. It was definitely a weirdly religious. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So the Jesuits were, particularly disdained by Hitler. Mm. Which automatically makes them a plus 10 in, like, favor from, you know, the world over. Oh yeah, definitely in my book, for sure. Yeah, if the Nazis hate you, chances are you're... You're I mean, at least right. At least something. Yeah. I mean, I mean... And then we look over at Stalin. Who is Stalin... Mm-hmm. That's um he's the outlier. For everything there is an outlier. Stalin yeah. is that one. But um not going into the Cold War today, but yeah. Yeah. But so basically the Jesuits were heavily persecuted by the Nazis. Um there was a priest barracks at Dachau, which the Jesuits made up the largest contingent of uh mm-hmm. clergy imprisoned there. Um, but probably because they were so heavily persecuted, they played a very large part in rescuing Jews from Nazi persecution, which is cool. We, that's like, you can't argue that that is cool. 
did we mention that they were uh, also just about the only thing standing in the way of the enslavement of Native Americans during the colonial period? Oh, no, we did not. And that is actually a very interesting point. So, like, this is one of the few things that, like, I knew of before it was like, hey, let's talk about the Jesuits. Okay. Um, but so kind of similar to how, you know, they helped out a lot of the Christians in Japan and like, you know, they made a seminary in Japan. They, pr they had a printing press there. Um, the Jesuits in the new world made really good friends with, um, some of the native, uh, native American tribes in the, in South America. Right. And they even created like secret languages and stuff. They helped them like go into hiding and all that like as heavily involved with Japan as the Jesuits were, they were like even more heavily involved in Central and South America with the native tribes there. Mm. Yeah, but, so and, they, they have done a lot of good in history. Yeah, so... There you go. In spite of all my uh, all my complaining earlier, the Jesuits have done a lot of good too. They also have, have some really um, nice looking churches. Yeah. So while we're on the Jesuits and the um, going back to the Nazi part, okay, I uh. I heard a homily one time, which is a Catholic sermon. Thank you. About Adolf Eichmann. Oh? Who was, as you probably know, the uh, guy in charge of Dachau. Yes. During his trials, as he was, you know, being condemned for a war criminal and all of the horrors he committed, he reached out to one of the priests that had been let go from Dachau. Who, uh, well, Eichmann basically killed all of this guy's friends. Interested in seeing where this goes? In prison, he reached out to this priest about confessing his sins. The priest... Is there, is there legendary levels of, like, mic drop coming up? Yeah, yeah. So, um... I'm not sure if the priest was a Jesuit, but I think he was, just based on... you know, what we've covered so far. Yeah. Uh, Might have been a bishop. Anyway... The point is, he heard Eichmann's confession, gave him last rites, communion, forgave him for everything that he had done in the war, for all the people 
that he knew that he had killed and hmm. it was basically a deathbed conversion of one of the most dangerous people in the Third Reich. Hmm. I was expecting more of a mic drop there, not going to lie. Well, you know. It says a lot about that priest that he was willing to. Yeah, and if he was a Jesuit, if he was a Jesuit, it says, I mean, that sounds kind of based on what I know. Sounds like a Jesuit sort of thing, but. Yeah. I would have just said, like, straight up, have fun in hell most people would yeah i probably it's, would too let's be honest that's all the nazis ever deserved but it's an i don't i that... don't i don't care about offending nazis no no Str- straight no, up i don't all. care about offending not nazis the entire thing is abhorrent but it is an argument against it never being too late to get right with god and and the Jesuits standing by what they believe. True, true. Despite their say, personal involvement. It does say something for that. So, if this guy was a Jesuit that heard his confession, maybe they do deserve to use Jesus' name. Yeah, maybe. That's up for, uh, you know, discussion amongst listeners. Yeah. Yeah, I did uh, not do that homily near as much justice as uh, Father Mike Schmitz did. Well, you are a layman, so. Yeah, no one's. No one's Father Mike. And that might be a so, good thing. You think I talk fast at times. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah, um. That's, that's all I got. Well, I do appreciate all of the research you did for this. Thank you. And, uh, I had to make up for Dante a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I was a bit too quiet for that episode, too. Not going to lie. <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a rough week. Yeah. It, but, yeah. it didn't help that I had like minor work emergency going off in the middle of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was a fun one. Yeah. To the listeners, thank you for sitting through the Dante episode. If you did, if you didn't, yeah. we don't blame you. If you didn't, you don't need to go back to it. No. Some at some point in the future, we'll cover Dante at length. In a multi-parter. Yes. That's uh, that's your redemption, Logan. I'll keep that in mind. But um, obviously not anytime soon. Um, no. I would like to cover other topics in the meantime. I would too. Um, Speaking of... Well, b- I- before we get into that i do want to say um i was listening to our last episode and i noticed there's a lot of background noise and i'm just like what is all that and it's probably all stuff on my end i apologize for that i 
can't help but <laughs> fidget with objects I have on my desk. Like if my hands are idle, then it's harder for me to think. And, and this is a multi-bedroom podcast. It's not like we have studios to isolate in. Yeah. So like I don't I don't have the soundproofing foam on my 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 wife would kill me. Um, <laughs> just be like, you want to put what in our bedroom? I'm like, it'll help with the microphone, among other things. No, she would. <laughs> you stop. That's no. Do not make that joke. <sighs> it was right there in front of me. I couldn't. I could not do it. All right. Well, at any rate. Yeah. Um, Logan, you were saying. Yeah. At, um, I have uh, decided upon a topic that I would like to cover in the near future. Oh. And uh, I think it'll probably warrant a three-parter. That's fair. So far, the only topic you've had to yourself is Dante, and that was a one episode yeah but then i covered two topics here to try to you know cover my ground true but i mean you did it all in an hour and a half and with me bsing through half of it yeah yeah and and i talk fast yeah but point being the topic i would like to cover would be the first crusade oh boy uh welcome to the cognitive massacres podcast yeah, yeah. So we're that's, um we're definitely all... going to do some that aren't straight up massacres before I cover the crusades. But like everybody knows what the crusades are, but how much do you know about why they started? Oh, I know there's the children's crusade before the crusade. Mhm. But um yeah, no, it's, I It's all... one of those it's one of those points in history that everybody kind of knows about, but it's vague. Yeah, everyone everyone knows about it, but it's like, all right, so yeah, some Christians went to the Holy Land and killed some Muslims. Yeah, Richard the Lionheart, Saladin. No, that was the Third Crusade. Let's go back. Oh, uh, let's see. And and was it successful? No. 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 For a minute. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, no, admittedly, you are right. Um, and then again, this is coming from someone who is more invested, personally speaking, in Asian history. Mm -hmm. Well, let's uh, take a little travel down to Asia Minor. and Yeah, yeah. or the, the Middle East, as it's called, despite being the nearest part of the East. Yeah. <laughs> that's never made sense to me like you have japan and china and korea which are the far east and then nothing else and then the middle east which is the closest yeah. portion of the east well, it I mean, doesn't make any sense if it wasn't for tolkien i wonder if we would have called it middle earth just far earth <laughs> far earth dry earth oily earth wet earth <laughs> uh, now you're talking about like uh the pacific islands in australia but wait what was that did you say oil yeah no america stop 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 nope. <laughs> we, we, we we just we just we just got out of that stop did you say oil 
that that's what makes cars go right i'm in georgia and he's probably in texas but i just saw george w bush's ear twitch (laughs) green day did call him gas man hey now i'm just trying to paint you know that's mission accomplished right there my god Okay, well, um, <laughs> since we're on the topic of topics, um, yeah, yeah, and since we're talking about massacres, ooh, um, I, I don't know, maybe want... we should just cover massacres. We're good at it. Uh, it's they're the they're some of the most active portions in history. Like you'll never hear, yeah, and this dude was just sitting at his desk doing paperwork. When I'm talking about a massacre. From crucified babies to overworked priests, this is the Cognitive Massacre Podcast. He, he brought it back again? No. <laughs> <sighs> I thought it was done. Oh, it's done now. It's done now. I did my okay. uh, narrator voice and everything. I'm good. Okay. Good. Into um, the history books where it belongs. History, but good. Okay, okay. Um, into the cognitive history books. I hate you so much. But at any rate, the next topic I want to cover is um, the Armenian genocide. Essentially, and it's... we're going to be uh, covering the fact that it's not acknowledged by the United States federal government. Um. We'll get into that when we cover it, because there's a lot as to why it isn't acknowledged by a lot of different countries. Yeah, we're we're not just going to be sitting here talking about a system of a down in the Kardashians. We're actually going to get into, you know. Well, honestly, I feel like if it weren't for a system of a down, a lot of the general populace wouldn't know about the Armenian genocide. I definitely agree with you. Also, the lead singer of System of a Down was in an episode of one of Anthony Bourdain's shows, you know, where he's traveling oh, yeah? and eating stuff that most people don't want to. He took him to Armenia, where they ate and talked about food, talked about history, and it's a very good episode if you can find it. Interesting. I love Anthony Bourdain. May he rest in peace. He rest in peace. But, yeah, I... I'm currently, I have, I have two things that I want to cover. I'm not going to go over the second one. I'm going to keep that one a secret. Although, shout out to Nick. You remember Nick, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we used to play Yu-Gi-Oh! together a lot. Oh, yeah. So, Good shout time. out to Nick, uh, who has given me a lot of feedback for our stuff. He is an avid listener. Sweet, awesome. Which, Thanks, man. Yes. So, um, shout out to Nick. I am going to cover your topic. It's, it was at the back of my head. You suggested it. I'm absolutely fine with covering it. I spent I'm like down. thirty. I spent like $35 on a book, like an actual book, um, to research it. So He sends me a text complaining, dude, I just spent actual money on this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hey, I, hey, speaking of, I just got a new mic. <laughs> yeah. But um, so I have that book. That's not the one I'm going to cover next. Next, I'm doing the Armenian Genocide. I'm currently researching that. Sweet. Yeah. 
So that's going to be um, in two weeks? Uh, your topic is in two weeks, friend. This is a discussion episode. My topic? Yeah. Remember? Oh, so we're going to go ahead and do the Crusades? Well, you can pick something else to cover. Okay. We Because uh, remember, the format is my topic discussion episode, which would be right now. Mm-hmm. And then your topic. That's right. Yeah. My memory is terrible. I'm sorry, people. If it's not something to do with, like, 16th century poetry, I'm useless. Well. Or Star Wars. That's two very opposite things. Very opposite things, but I probably know more about Star Wars than anything. And it's not been useful in my life. Not once. You need to go to more uh, trivia nights at bars. Yeah, I do. But that would require me getting out of the house, and, you know, I'm kind of antisocial. Wait until I get back in town. Um, Yeah, my liquor cabinet needs restocking. Oh, my God. This (laughs) Every time I go over to his house, I bring alcohol, and I don't take it home because it's just like, no, you can have it for, I'll come over again tomorrow, and then that never happens. Yeah. Yep. I still have soju from like six or seven years ago. Oh my god. The happy water. Yep. Yep. It's probably still good. I mean, does it ever go bad? I don't know. I don't either. But I've never a plastic had bottle. I don't know if that's been leaking through or you might want to check that. Yeah. But is um, it BPA free? We will never know. <laughs> but at any rate, yeah. So in in two weeks is when we'll have our next episode, and will it be the Crusades or will it not? We will see. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a mystery. We'll find out. Um. Yeah. So next week I'm going to be on vacation. Not really going anywhere, but I'm on vacation. I'm not going to do my job or my extra job or my extra extra job. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm the so the extra job. Time off. The extra job would be the podcast. The extra extra job would be like, well, no, that one I actually have to do is like cleaning the apartment and making coffee and all that stuff. Does this really count as a job? I mean, it's not like we get paid. My wife says it does. Well, that's it then. It's a job. Yep. 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 <laughs> I have extra employment. I should probably report that. Nah, <laughs> there's no income for it. It doesn't uh, matter. So we need to start an LLC and call it a tax loss. Do it. But, um,. Oh, you're talking about the podcast, not the... Yeah, the podcast. Oh, I thought you were talking about making coffee. Oh, no. No. (laughs) Kevin makes coffee, LLC. It's always a loss. (laughs) But, um... No, at at any rate, uh, that actually does bring me to a good point. Uh, At some point in the future, I do want to start a Patreon for donations from listeners just to cover like research costs and the costs of uh 
the main site where we do the recording for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but that'll be in the future. No need to worry about that for now. No, no. Uh, at any rate, I think we're at a good calling point for the yeah, day. I think so. This is, I think, going to be our longest episode. And it's a discussion. Yep. Well, I mean, that actually happens if you look at the discussion episodes. They tend yeah. to be longer than the episodes surrounding them. It's just natural that we end up talking for two hours. Yeah, every time. Every if we time. talk for two hours after the episode is done, too. Usually an hour before. Yeah. We did that today. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, I uh, I hope you've all enjoyed hearing my... Uh, beautiful voice for the last hour and 36 minutes and 49 seconds um just, just, god not the time stamp thing stop it <laughs> i've definitely enjoyed talking uh i know you're missing the vocal fry of kevin's chords and uh well, it's okay they've heard it a lot i have done a lot of talking yep yeah you have you can't even let me have one episode can you <laughs> All right, look here, 1.5 times speed. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, I talk fast. I no, you literally just did that in set, like at my length. It would be like, you can't even let me have one episode, can you? But no, you were just like, you can't even let me have one episode, can you? Calm down, micro machines. Micro machines. <laughs> but yeah, um, at any rate. Yeah. yeah. It's been a pleasure talking to all of you. I hope you learned something from our little tangent on Franciscans and the Society of Jesus. 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 But, yeah, so... Probably going to get this out on Sunday, so... Sunday for me, Saturday night for all of y'all in America. Um, And somewhere in between for everyone else i'm sorry our main hubs are japan and the u.s yeah we have to have at least a whole globe separating us at all times yep but scheduling conflicts aside we should be back to recording at our regular schedule two weeks from now and if you want to correct us, send us a suggestion, what have you, ask for a shout out like I did for our boy Nick. What's that, Nick? Um, send us an email at cognitive history podcast at Google at Google at gmail.com. <laughs> I can't even get emails right now. Um it's because you haven't been talking the whole episode. Welcome to the Cognitive History Podcast, where we follow Kevin's slow descent into madness. Hey, he didn't get any dates wrong this week. Yeah. <laughs> or last week. Shout out or to last me last week. week. Yeah. yeah, shout out. You did good. <laughs> so, I'm stupid. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. Cognitive History Podcast uh, at gmail.com. At gmail.com. There you go. Got to include that dot com podcast at gmail.com. 
including the .com is more important than including the www. Well, there's no www. in emails. You're right. But there is in web addresses. There are. Do we have one of those now? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Eventually I'll make one. Um That was a good lead up to a letdown. <laughs> yeah, it was. It just like my life. Oh, mine too. <laughs> Self-deprecating humor is fun. We're millennials, by the way, in case you couldn't tell. Oh yeah. We hate ourselves miserably. Yes. We were the emo kids in high school that you didn't want to be around, but you know. But we wanted to be around you. And we still are. Yep. Anyway. That doesn't sound creepy at all. <laughs> Not at all. Anyway, we're on Facebook at Cognitive History. I can't get the username still. Don't know why. Probably never will be able to get a username. But I'm going to keep trying. Come on, Zuckerberg. Help us out here. At any rate, uh, everybody have a good rest of the weekend. Upcoming two weeks. We will talk at you, and you get to engage in the agony of hearing our voices in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. And I look forward to talking to you all at that point. So, Logan and audience, I hope you all have a good one. You too, and the audience. All y'all, including the Dutch and German. And Protestants. Everybody. Weirdly specific. But yeah, Everybody. this is definitely our longest episode now. Yep. At 1 hour, 41 minutes, and 48 seconds and counting. You wanted a record. I did. I did. And I'm a broken record. So yeah. Okay. Uh, see y'all in two weeks. Well, not see, but you'll hear us in two weeks. Yep. Goodbye. Everyone have a good one. See ya. Cue outro music. Yes. Now. Now.